You're listening to the State of Love and Trust, a Pearl Jam podcast. Follow the show on social media and remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice. Now, here's Jason and Paul. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The State of Love and Trust. It's a Pearl Jam podcast, and I'm one of your two hosts, Jason Carapesi, and alongside me, as always, is... Paul Gillieri. Oh, you, you came in a little hot there. I did. Are you excited? I did. I am excited, Jason. I uh, had a crash course in uh, a very, very fun, fun activity. Which we'll get to. What a uh-huh. tease. What are you drinking there? You got a little, got a little honey? You got a little tea? Yeah, good old-fashioned agua. Mm, me too. Yeah, I'm just, uh, you know, staying hydrated. I don't know. I know. The listeners are disappointed. It's like, what? <laughs> like, I've, I imagine people come on the show. Or come on the show. I imagine people listen to the show hoping to find out what delightful nectar you're yeah, sipping what, what, this what evening. Exotic, rare scotch is Paul sipping on today. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, LA's finest tap water is what it is. No, I filter mine. My well, so do, so do I, but I'm just yeah. saying, you know. Mm. anyways i want to say a big thank you out there before we get started to our patrons out there thank you for being um subscribers there we really appreciate it and we have another uh, another friend who just ordered a couple t-shirts from us as well the gentleman down in melbourne australia i have to say these um these drop in the show segments that we do for patrons uh i think I'm probably enjoying them more than they are because they are, they're just a blast for us to do. It's, it's mm-hmm. so, it's just a, a wonderful opportunity to just watch some Pearl Jam and just dish on the band. And, uh, yeah, if, if you're not a patron already, we encourage you jump on there, be a part of that community. And, uh, we'd love to have you. We'd love to have, we love you in this community too. We do uh, because, you know, I don't want to get eaten by the scary algorithm monster. So feed, <laughs> feed it. By rating, reviewing, and subscribing to this podcast. Absolutely. That is the correct thing to do. I will say, I'll announce it here. There are going to be two giveaways coming up uh, over the next couple of months. One is a copy of the live Gigaton CD. Uh, The band shows their favorite version of all 11 of the played songs from Gigaton. Obviously, Comes Then Goes, not a part of that. But uh, they basically did our job, right? Yeah. They, they chose their live cuts of the week. Yeah. I, I believe they took Dana Point and just called it live gigaton. Is what they- <laughs> is that? What, is that where they're all from? I forget. I, I mean, probably. <laughs> well, they had the first, uh, you know, the first North American tour to pull from as well. I guess. Yeah. Um. So that'll be a, a giveaway, but only to patrons. And then the second giveaway will be. I don't know if you remember this, Paul. Do you remember? Last year, was it last year? Last year, no, two years ago, 2020, they didn't, they didn't have the opportunity to do their 30th anniversary. But what they did do, because of COVID, what they did do is they did issue uh, retroactively a poster for the off-ramp show. Uh-huh. And we've got one here in the cupboards, and that's going to be a giveaway as well. So... Only to patrons, though. If you want either of these two items, you got you to gotta get on Patreon. And there will be more giveaways in the future. So if you are not a member, then uh, uh, may this further incentivize you to consider joining. That's right. This you is don't one actually of those... have to do it. You could just consider it. Because if you consider it long enough, you might actually do it. Considering is a, is a lot of fun. Uh, it does not get you treats like uh, <laughs> prizes. But it's a lovely gesture. Um, all right. Enough. Uh, enough. You know, shameless self-promotion. Let's that, get into this. That thing, let's, yeah. Let's talk about things that people actually are listening to us to hear. So live Pearl Jam, that's a thing people enjoy. And there is a lovely website that we talked about last week with its founder, Dave, I'm going to say Yantash, but he goes Jantosh. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Dave is a lovely man, and he's put together a fabulous website called livefootsteps.org. And we were talking with him and Randy Sobel from Live and Four Legs last week. Yep. Um, and we, we we learned some things about the website that we didn't already know. Yep. Um, and we thought, you know, let's pay off 
let's pay off what we learned. And one of those things is you can go in and you can rate all the songs, one through five stars or none, uh, all the singles, the Eddie stuff, the all the covers they've done, um, tags, I mean, anything. You can, you can rate it all. And then what happens is when you save those ratings, it tells you what you rated a show based on how much you like each song. And of course, that's only a quantitative look at each show because, of course, you might say, I really love this show, even though they didn't play all my favorites. Yeah. But it's an interesting, interesting thing. So we did that. And I well, already there's some interesting footnotes just from our conversation earlier where mm-hmm. Paul actually forgot if he had gone to a couple of shows or not. Well, yeah. The uh, 2006 tour, they did they did three dates at the Bill Graham Civic Auditorium in San Francisco. And I have very clear memory of going with a group of friends to the July 16th show. And I have a, a vague memory of going to one, possibly the, the, the other show as well. Because the, the, the middle show is the one I, I have clear memories of. But I, I have a vague memory of going to another one. I want to say it was the, the first one. Maybe it was the last. I don't know. It's bizarre, isn't it? So <laughs> I went down a rabbit hole trying to figure this out, right? So mm-hmm. I said, all right, l- let me... Let me open up Ticketmaster and see if it goes back that far. <laughs> but uh, it, I, I didn't find anything there. And so I said, all right, well, let me let me go to one of my old, whatever old email address I used to have. Oh, I wow, used to have this a, is fantastic. I, I had a Hotmail account back in the mm. uh, early 2000s that I don't think I've logged into in like six or seven years. So I opened that sucker up. There's like 12,000 emails unopened. In- <laughs> this is incredible. Oh yeah. my God. So it, and it goes all the way back to like 2011 though. So I couldn't go back to, oh no, to, you know, cause eventually the, the, you reach your limit and they just start deleting sure. things just yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah. unfortunately 2006 wasn't there. So I, I didn't have the luxury of, of, of finding any, uh, like receipts. So is it say. lost to time? It's lost to time. Yeah. I know for a fact that was at the 16th one though. Well, I still have a ticket stub for that. I was going to say, there's still ticket stubs, so maybe you have those somewhere else. I do. I found the 2016 one, but I, I, for the life of me, I, I can't accurately recall if I went to one or both of the other shows on top of that. Well, I luckily, don't know what that says about me. <laughs> I don't know either. Maybe you're just so happy. As a person or a Pearl Jam fan. <laughs> yeah, we'll let the, let the listening audience here judge you. From no, there, they're going the to let there. the algorithm eat me for that. Is Whatever. what we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> so the best, well, we did the best we could here, and you have um, attended how many shows then? Either uh, uh, apparently 12. twelve. Okay, <laughs> we're going with twelve. Okay, um, I've had the the privilege to see twenty five yeah. over the years. It's impressive, man. Um, I mean, it's not sixty, or with some some of well, these other yeah, I mean, diehards are doing. But I, I uh, feel pretty good about that number. But there's some people like you know our friend well, Jason. You, you, you traveled, you know. You did a couple of the stadium shows. You did, uh, you know, you I did, did Boston, all, all the Dana, did all, all the Dana Point shows. I only did one. Dana Point, yep. You know, um, when you were back east, I think you you started listening to them in '98 on the mm-hmm. Yield tour. My first show actually wasn't until Binaural, right. which was uh, Halloween night in 2000. So, and, and we said this before, but you know, the, that 2000 tour, I had the unluck of when I was back home in Connecticut, they did not play, uh, the New York area. Bizarre. And when I was down in Florida for college, they were playing that. So I missed it both ways. Yeah, when I was in Florida, they, they were playing up in New York, and when I was in F- New York, they were playing down in Florida. So I, I missed them in the on the on the. I mean, tour. My, my biggest regret, obviously, is that I I didn't see them during the yield. Uh, I didn't see them in the early nineties. Oh. I mean, it, you know, it's, Harvard ninety six. I'm so mad yeah. I didn't go to. I, I would say right around the the ninety five ninety six when I was in high school, like that. Yeah, you could have gone then. I could have gone. Yeah, to, yeah. If if nothing else, I could have hit up Shoreline. And done, yeah, done that anytime. You know what I mean? It was why it was is it 40, that we? It's a forty-five minute drive from where I lived at the time. We look so, back and we regret these these. You know, we we didn't do it. We didn't go. We didn't. You know, for whatever reason, we didn't think of it. It's always going to bug me. But you know what? That's why I say, you know, you got to strike while the iron is still working. Yeah, <laughs> let alone be hot. So we've got these shows. Number of shows we've all gone to. You and I have gone to probably like seventy of these bars uh, together. Um. So some of these interesting fun facts will be 
um, shared by us. Let me ask you this first. Um, did you have any fun uh, live debuts that you that you saw? As far as I can tell, only one, and it's an interesting one. It's it's Force of Nature on the uh, September thirtieth oh nine show that you and I went to. That's correct. Yeah, yeah and so you. I, that that I that was a lot. A tons of tour debuts. I don't know what it is. I must be like a lucky charm because whenever I go to a show, there's at least between three and six tour debuts of 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 songs. Yeah, I noticed you that know? as well. Um, you know, I'm trying to, there's probably like maybe a dozen debuts that I've that I've seen. I think uh, like the last half dozen of them are are gigaton songs. Yeah, from point. Mean, so those yeah. those are pretty easy to come by. There's a, a few um, covers in there. After hours. Um, yeah, we saw, I saw the live debut you and I of that, one that one with you. Yeah, and then obviously the 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 wildflowers and cold day in the sun that we saw with uh, sure exactly exactly. Um, uh, after I'm um, just not after uh, draw the line with Tom Hamilton from Aerosmith in Boston, oh, 2016. Nice. That was cool. We're going to be friends. That was Eddie um, for his friend Jack White in Seattle. Uh, missing. That was that um, the the very last holiday single. It was, ah. that, it was that it was a very rare Chris Cornell song that they played. Yeah. I didn't much care for it personally, but I saw it. And then here, here are the here are the ones that I really enjoy. Force of Nature with you. Yep. And then I saw the debut of Big Wave in San Diego 06. Oh, okay. I saw the debut and only it's only been played three times ever, but the debut of Little Sister, another fan club single. Okay. And nice. the, the debut of Sad. Oh, that's solid right Redding there. Where PA. was that? Reading, Pennsylvania, October 2004. Yeah. The hell were you doing in Reading, Pennsylvania? It was the Vote for Change tour, and it was the closest date they had to my hometown. Wow. Okay. You know, they're playing in swing states, in yeah. Pennsylvania swing yeah. state, and that was the closest thing. So my buddy and I drove out there, probably like a three-hour drive, in small, huh. small arena. Um, that 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 is cool. Yeah, and we had we had that's a feather in your cap, sir. So that was cool. That was cool. Um, all right, so let's get to the ratings portion of this. Okay, talk to me about. Um, give me, give me the. We'll start with bad news first. Give me the lowest rated show that you attended according to your own ratings. According to my own ratings, there are three shows that clocked in at a four point one. Wow, those, um, that, that's the lowest rating you have for a show? Yeah. Wow. That's I awesome. I guess I'm lucky. I mean, yeah. I, I haven't had, you know, it's weird. When uh, when they did the binaural tour and they started releasing every single show out mm. there, uh, I remember just I went gaga over that, right? And so I just started going to Amoeba and just, just gobbling up these these CDs. You know, they're like $9.99, $12.99. Um, and I remember... I, I, I realized that not every set list is created equal. I, I figured that out pretty yeah. quick. <laughs> yeah. So I, not that, you know, there any shows were bad, but I mean, y- I started becoming a bit more discerning after that. You know, I'd actually flip it over and go, eh, do I want this one? And then, you know, then you were looking for the little, uh, the, the little, uh, what's eight the, uh, yeah, exactly. Looking for the eight man at the bottom. But even without that, I mean, there were shows that I loved. Like, uh, I don't remember if all of the, is, is Katowice uh, an eight man show? There, there's a bunch of them yes. that I okay. I there's a, there's a bunch I like that weren't, but that kind of taught me the process of just really, really thinking outside the box and said, okay, you know, let, let's what what songs are rare? What songs do I not normally see on a set mm. list? You know, uh, black was a stickler for me. If it didn't have black on it, I probably you wasn't gonna it. buy it unless it had just a litany of other songs that, uh, you know, I just, oh man. What, what so, a great so you said you have a, a few that had 4.1. Yeah. So both of the, uh, these are the October, lowest for you. They were the lowest for me. So, um, I had a 4.1, both October 1st and 7th, those, uh, Gibson auditorium okay. shows. It's uh, uh, show two and four, I believe. Uh, in that ye- run? well, no, I think that was, yeah, two and four, correct. Mm-hmm. Two and four. And I also had, the last show we saw, which was May seventh, two thousand twenty-two, that that, okay. came, that clocked in. Now, interestingly about that, but my rating of four point one was identical to the, that I guess the 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 aggregate of the users. Okay, that, that the, of all the shows I attended, that was the only show that was equal with the user rating. Are you generally over or, or under? 
I am generally over, actually. I can't, of all the shows I've seen, there is not a single one of them where it was rated higher by users than me. Interesting. I think I was generally either right on or actually maybe I was just over a little bit. But here's the thing. For me, my lowest show was the Reading PA show at a 3.5. Wow. Yeah. I'm curious what that set list was. Uh, I will pull it up real fast. I mean, when I started doing these ratings, I mean, if it was, I'll be honest with you, if it was a song like Foxy Mop got a one for me, right? Yeah, but, for sure. But, but in general, there's just a few like Evacuation or all those yesterday, like those songs I would give a two. Yeah. You know what I mean? But in general, if it was a song that like Deep, for example, I love 10. That's a three for me. No, I, 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 mean? I agree with you. Yeah. But I gave a lot of songs fours. And uh, I mean, if it was a song that I, I like and if it, you know, that I would seek out and listen to, I'd give it a four. If it was a song that I was like, eh, you know, I don't Here's mind it, but that's a three. If I love it, it's one of one of my favorite songs now, I might give sure. it a five. So that was kind of my, my, my barometer there. So now, did you try and keep, you know, you think about some, like a song like Black, uh, you, get, you give it a five. You know, is there how many songs in the back half of the catalog are getting that five? For me, it was I mean, not I gave very retrograde. Many. No, yeah, I mean, I, there were a lot of songs that I gave fours to, but I mean, there's a lot of songs I gave. Uh, I'd have to go back to retrograde. I'm sorry to um, to the uh, album Gigaton itself. I'll just do that right now. I'm just curious. Just well, while that you're looking album, that up, um, I can tell you, I um, gave fives to Super Blood Dance. Quick Escape oh, really? and Retrograde. Those are those were the fives for me, and, and a lot of fours on that album. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you guys are gonna kill me. Whoever says a three for me, so, oh, so is Never Destination, and so is River Cross. I mean, all three of the, those songs, like you know, they're just like, eh. I don't. They're not bad. We're but not. I, we're I gonna relitigate how bad your writing of, of Gigaton is. <laughs> uh, well, you asked about writing. So the writing set list was there was a double Eddie preset of Don't Be Shy and Growing Up. That's cool. Um, okay. the, the show opened with Love Boat Captain. Well, hold on, what, 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 uh, what year was this? This is 04. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. What's the specific date? October 1st. Okay. At the Sovereign Center running PA. So it was Love Boat Captain, Animal, Brain of Jay, Do the Evolution, Nothing As It Seems, Insignificance, American in Me, Give Me Some Truth, Given to Fly, Half Full, Sad, Go. And the first encore was all acoustic, Soon Forget, Elderly Woman, Masters of War. Nothing man, See, crazy yeah, Mary, like Baba and Yellow. I mean, th- you got a, a really great cover. Believe for me is pretty cool. Um, Nothing man. I actually enjoy Masters of War. As do I. I, I give mean, it a go five. and sad. I mean, you get half full is pretty cool. You got given to fly. And this is the thing. I look. There's back a lot of covers on here, and I think that's the reason why. That's probably why. I look. I look at the show and I go, "Ooh, there's a lot of fun songs that I really like on this show." Yeah, but like, don't but be the, shy and grown up. You probably the ratings don't lie though. You know? No, but like, I, did you even rate those songs? Like, um, they have so many covers. I some of them I didn't even give a star to because I either haven't heard them or I'm just you know. I don't think I did for those two because I, I I didn't I wasn't there early enough. I don't think. Okay, um, so then right away that's like it's probably maybe show. I don't know if show rating look, is three point. I don't know I if this is objective based grading that they're doing here, where or, or if it's traditional grading where, where you don't give it a star, it's basically a zero because that's going to really negatively impact the average if you don't rate it. Does yeah. it just not? It show may. Up? It may. So you there is. Up. There is a ver- uh, 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 a um, margin for error. I will say I also gave the the very last night at Dana Point a three point eight. Really? Yeah. Huh. The Interesting. the first Dana Point one four point one Dana Point two four point zero and the last night with you three point eight. That was a four point five for me, bro. Wow. Yeah, well, for, you say four point five. That's actually my highest rated show. Was a four point five. It was my oh, very wow. First okay, one. so May sixth. No, this was October second, right? Twenty twenty one. Yes. How many four point fives do you have? Uh, that one was a four point five, and that's it. That's actually the highest rated show, apparently. So according to me. this quantitative analysis, that is the best show you've ever seen. However, and here's the rub, and here's what we want to talk about is. You look at all these ratings, and I have a ton of 4.0s, 4.1s, um, 4.2s. You think back to your memories and why a show was a certain way. Dude, I have MSG1 uh, in 03, like the DVD show, as a 3.9. But 
but that show was unfriggin' believable. That's I know this is weird. So I mean, this it's, is it's, not disparaging the site. It know, isn't just but, isn't it just about the songs and how you like them? It's about the energy and the environment and the, and well, the look. Okay, the I mean uh, and October where, second, the the show that we saw, it had Super Blood on there, Last Exit, Corduroy Dance, Quick Escape, Wishlist, Given to Fly. Uh, not for you, even flow. I really like take the long way. Unthought known, I love. It had once and black. Uh, it had smile and porch on there. Um, I mean, it's it, it's a pretty up. damn good show. Oh, it's a great show. That's why I'm I'm, I'm like I'm laughing that I gave it. A- <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me look well, up here. To the the the, the aggregate score is four point one. And I'm trying to look here. What what would I have given? I'm guessing it's that seven o'clock that just sunk it for you. Oh, seven o'clock. <laughs> I think got like a, a two for me. So that's not going to help. Um, I like all night. I mean, you know, I was on there for us too. I, I, th- I thought it was a really. I gave good again show. today a four. You know, I, I, I did rate that one. about waiting on a friend. Did I do that? I did not rate waiting on a friend. Well, that's not from October 2nd. Yeah, it is. Where is that? What number? It's, it's, a, it's a tag on wish list. Oh, I don't know if that, I don't know if that counts or not, though. I don't. Yeah, I didn't even bother with that. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know why it's only three point eight. Couldn't tell you. Huh? Yeah. Anyways, I just thought it would be interesting to see quantitatively, based purely on how we like the songs, what this website would spit out. And so it's it sounds like I kind of jive with whatever this algorithm is doing. This is mm-hmm. a friendly one, right? I can pet yep. it. It you know. Uh, but you, you think it's all a bunch of hogwash, apparently. <laughs> no, I'm actually, I'm super in, all it does is tell me that how you like a song isn't everything because in, in a vacuum, because yeah. there are certain shows where, you know, here's a fun fact. I saw in West Palm beach, Florida in 2003 glorified G. I like the song. I rated it. Uh, maybe a three, maybe it, maybe a four. I can't remember. You know, that's fine. But it was the first time I, that the band played the song in 188 shows. Yeah. When you realize that, it ups the ante it, it, in your mind. Well, not only that, but I, I think it creates a, a greater level of appreciation for some of the contexts of exactly. these shows. Exactly. So I, th- I think it's interesting that you have these, um, there's, there's two sides of the coin. So, to use the website in this fashion, I think it's super interesting and it makes you rethink the show a little bit, but I mean, dude, you and I saw October 7th and I know you love this first time in 198 shows, all those yesterdays. And I remember <laughs> texting you when they played it at the Gibson Amphitheater. Cause I was so excited because I knew they hadn't played it in a long time. So like that gets me jazzed up for October 7th, 2009. Um, I'll never forgive myself. It was four damn shows, man. Mm-hmm. And it was expensive. And I, I I did the first two. And I said, you know what? I, I can afford. I'll buy the last night. I didn't do that third night. And Cornell guessed. He walked up. They did Hunger Strike. It was like a dream of mine to, ever, to actually see them do that duet, that, that song. And I actually had the chance to see it. And uh, I was uh, thinking more about not going broke at the time. <laughs> Which is a very fair thing to oh, think about. Man. Actually, I get yeah, that. But... I- it's not though. And I think this is, this is what I would say to, to myself. Now I would say, Hey, whatever that show costs at the time, like you have made that much and far more, you know what I'm saying? That you're doing fine, man. You know what yeah, I mean? It, it, the trajectory of your life probably wouldn't have changed if you just, you know, put that one on the credit card. So in retrospect, it was, uh, it was a mistake. Are there, um, I mean, there's a few other, uh, fun facts here that I kind of uncovered. Um, you and I both saw No Way for the first time after, after 64 shows. We both saw All or None for the first time in 144 shows. Both of those yeah. were in LA 2013. Loved that. Um, I saw Masters of War after 200 shows in Boston in 2016. Nice. Bob Dylan action. One Look- of... I mean, there's so many like fun little nuggets here. It's a sweet Lou in Ohana. I mean, when you when you go through this website and you take off all the boxes and you start realizing, you know, not only do the shows have a rating of X, Y, and Z for you, right. but it brings back the memories of like, oh my god, that's right. I saw this is the the first time I ever saw this one song. I love this song, and or, or it's the return of I've got a feeling for the first time in 357 shows in Boston, like things like that, that, that kind of 
take your rating and go whoop, a little bit more because of those little pieces of context that I well, love. I mean, interestingly, we, we talked about openers, right? And there's there's a consistency where people think, oh, you know, well, what do you think the top openers are? In general, people come up with the same four or five songs. I've seen, you know, almost r- 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 apparently a dozen shows <laughs> and uh, release has only opened three of them. Of the Girl has opened two of the shows I've seen, which I think is outstanding because I love that song as an opener. But otherwise, I've got Why Go, Corduroy, Long Road, Pendulum, Oceans, and Super Blood Wolfman. So there's the, it's an interesting... Yeah. You know, I've got a three-way tie for most openers, all, all at three, Long Road, Oceans, and Release. Solid. So I guess, I mean, that's, that's pretty standard, I think, right? I've only seen four Riot Act songs, man. It's like... Really? Oh, well, yeah. you... you no, did you miss that tour? Uh, yeah, two thousand and three. Oh. I didn't. My first. Uh, yeah, I, I. I don't even. I don't know what the hell happened that that. And this is why I missed all the viral songs. I, I have like half of that album I haven't seen because of my conundrum from earlier. Yeah, I. I, I have no. I know I graduated college in 03. I have no recollection of why <laughs> I did not. See, I'd have to go back and like. I'm gonna do that right now. Where the where the hell was I? Where, where was I, man? <laughs> I don't know. You, you would have been, I mean, you would have been in San Francisco. I, I was in San Francisco right? just wrapping up college. You know, editor-in-chief of a literary magazine. <laughs> Were you really? Yeah. Uh, well, at SF State, I was. But uh, Let's see. Where, where do they quick? Oh, they played. Yeah, they did. They line. did the bridge school. They did bridge yeah, school did every that. damn tour. I literally could have seen them at least twice yeah. every time they were in California. <laughs> Uh, from Where? the 90s on up. So I, I missed those. Those were in October. They, did, I, they I, did Mountain View June 1st of 2003. That was their their um, Bay Area show. I don't know. I, I, you know what? I bet you I was on like a vacation or something like that. June I 1st, remember vaguely like being somewhere like on a camping trip or like Tahoe or something. I was like, oh, damn, that's when Pearl did But uh, yeah, that might have been it. I don't know. But if that was the only time, you know, it wasn't like these other times they come through where they do two or three or four nights yeah. in the area. It was a single show that they did, and it was in Mountain View. You know, they, they never did right in the heart of San Francisco. Right, right. They, they did the Bill Graham, but uh, it, it's uh, interesting how they would come into San Francisco and they would play. There. I would love to see them play at Oracle where the Giants play. I, I took my wife up there for a Billy Joel concert, for God's sakes. Oh, really? You think Pearl Jam would play a stadium there at some point. You know, I want some San Francisco Giants themed Pearl Jam merchandise. <laughs> oh, man, that's right. You don't Everybody else got it. but <laughs> All the LA stuff that we've got, yeah. <laughs> yeah, LA. It's, get the up, Lakers and Dodgers, yeah. Well, anyways, we would love to uh, hear from you guys. We want to know, what are your show ratings? What's your top-rated show? What's your least-rated show? Any fun debuts? Any fun little returns that you saw? Did you see the return of did you see the only performance of bugs? Like that's what I want to know. I want to know what your stats are. I think it'd be a lot of fun. So get on us, uh, get at us on, uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, whatever you got. And we will talk about it and regale in memories from the past. I love it. Now let's move on to a segment that we've done twice before. It's called rarely played, but highly desired. We've done two other eras. We've done 10 through Vitalogy, and we've done No Code through Riot Act. So that means we've got one left, and that's Avocado through Lightning Bolt, because, of course, mm-hmm. Gigaton is just still finishing its tour. Yeah. So there's an, a number of songs here that I would say are uh, worthy, but uh, you know we have our five here. So why don't you start and give me your fifth um, most desired song that's, that's hardly played? Uh, well, I'm going to... Sp- Perfect segue from the the last song I mentioned. I, I saw the live debut of Force of Nature. Oh, and, and, and it's only been played eleven times. Eleven times is far too few for a song. I think that uh, that it's this good. I'll never forget. I think it was this was uh, the World Series. There, I think it was the World Series. I remember they were playing Pearl Jam over the top as they would mm-hmm. kind of transition into commercial breaks, and they they had Force of Nature going at that time. Um, and I thought that was so cool. It, 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 it's just a great song, man. It's a great, great. It's a very underrated song. Eleven times, like I said, far too few. Would love to see that one play a lot more. I'm gonna go at number five with "Getaway." Uh, mm. Lead track from Lightning Bolt has not gotten a lot of love. It's only been played 16 times total. The last of which was 2018 
It was only played once that year, 2016, and 2015. Uh, I think this one rocks more than you recall, especially that outro. And for me, you know I love songs that ask the listener to focus on self-love and empathy and compassion for others above putting faith in something else. Yeah. It's just my thing, as was later described in Mighty Manners. Um, it's one of those tracks that's a bit underrated on the lyrical side for me. And I, I just wonder how many folks out there would agree with me on this, that 16 times is not enough for this song. I, I, it's, you know, it's not a, uh, it's probably a three-star song for me, but it's good enough that I would love to hear it more. Solid choice. That was on my short list. It was an honorable mention for me. Well, what do you got at four? Uh, I'm going to stick with Backspacer and I'm going to go with, uh, Speed of Sound. Ooh, good choice. Yeah, good choice. That's a, I really, really adore that song. Um, I love that the harmonization with the solo. I really enjoy the, the lyrical content. Um, even the stripped down version that they did. I don't remember if they did it on the radio or if they. It was a demo they released. It was part of a demo. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Uh, really enjoy that track. I think uh, it would fit nicely on a lot of set lists. I'm actually shocked that it's only been played. I mean, double check. Speed of sound seven times. Seven, seven. Times. That's nothing. No, I know it's it's nuts. So you know, I know Backspacer is a short album, shortest in the Pearl Jam catalog, but. This, I think, is a, it's a fantastic track that doesn't get enough love, so play it more. I'm, a, I'm in agreement with you. Um, my number four pick is Comeback. Uh, 50 times. Decent return. Decent return since 2006. Um, but it's actually, it's actually not, not a lot either for that song. For, for how, how many years is that? 16 years? 50 times? Mm-hmm. Not a lot. Um, and we just heard it in Amola, Italy, a few weeks ago, and it was glorious. I'm actually really surprised it's not more of a concert staple. You know, it's got that bluesy, yeah, sultry, it's got a, it's a, even Zeppelin feel to it. It's, yeah, it's almost melody. Um, it's in a great range for Ed, and Mike kills on it. I think stylistically, I could see it taking the spot of Black every now and again if you didn't want to have both of those in the cellist together. Yeah, I think you could drop. I mean, almost like. Not that you would say this, but I think if Black was pulled off the set was a, like a little bit to make it feel a little bit more special when you heard it, it'd be nice. And this could be this could drop right in, in its place. Uh, and it's a song I, I rate highly, regardless of the era that it's from. And I think it needs to be played more. Completely agree with you there, my man. Parachutes for me. Oh, good choice. Yeah, it, and I don't think everybody listening agrees with this choice. I mean, it's not that popular of a song, but it's a beautiful just like little Beatles-esque ditty that I've always uh, appreciated well, I shouldn't say always I, I didn't enjoy the song at all when I first heard it right. actually it, it, it was uh, you know it's one of those kinds of songs I'm like, what, what is this like what, what are they doing but I've come to appreciate it more and interestingly enough the deeper I got into the Beatles I, I kind of did a bit of a deep dive into them a handful of years ago and really started listening to a lot of Beatles all the time and so when I circled back to Avocado when uh, the Brendan O'Brien remix oh, came remix, out, yeah. I, uh, I I heard Parachutes and it just it, it shined for me. You know what I mean? I don't know if it was just I, I had a, a pair of Beatles earmuffs on, I guess, at the time. You know, not literally, but it, <laughs> and I, I just think it must have completely changed the way I perceived that track. And, and now mm. it's it's one I actually look forward to whenever. I put that album on, so I, I would say that 22 times for Parachutes. I understand that it's going to be a song that doesn't get get, get a lot of love. It's not going to be one that you're going to see show up a lot, but I can definitely see uh, at least one opportunity per tour where this, this should come out. Do you think that Parachutes is the buckle up of Avocado? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's a, that's a great analogy, actually. I feel like... Um, they're uniquely similar in their, their kind of awkward signatures and, and you know, mm. it's a good one. Uh, that was a Stone song, Stone stone uh, musical composition. Okay, um, let's go to my third choice. It was your fifth choice, Fa- Force of Nature. Nice. 
you know, one of my favorite love songs the band has ever done. I've mentioned it before. Um, how I could really latch on to it, considering how far away I was uh, from my wife for a couple of summers in a row due to work. So I had that, I had that connection to it. It speaks to me. I've I, I found that Mike's songs tend to be high up there for me, and this is no exception. It's uh, it's a mid-tempo song, which is probably Pearl Jam's wheelhouse. It's pretty direct. I think Ed really nails this one, both lyrically and from a performance standpoint. It's got a great groove. I know Unthought Known and Amongst the Waves get all the plays nowadays from this album, but mix it up, man. You know, you, you want Speed of Sound and Force of Nature, I want Force of Nature. And there are other really fun songs off this record, like those two. There's some some that just missed out for me on the list, and I think the same with you. And I need more love, and, and there, there are none more deserving for me from Backspacer than this one. And like you said, 11, song, 11 times played in total. And by the way, none since 2010. It's criminal criminal man this next one for me i think you'll be in agreement i'm okay. gonna go with army reserve i want to say that we we both had this song as a uh, most underrated track on the album we did uh, underrated we did. over it i think, I we, think did. we did yeah uh, and for that reason alone it should be played more than 31 times because we chose it as underrated yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, uh, ears. I, I just think it sounds great live. It really, really does. Uh, I love the, the imagery of the song. I love the messaging in the song. I, I, I love that he inhabits the uh, the persona of this woman struggling to cope with the grief of losing someone so cherished to something so imaginable, foreign, and incomprehensible to her. And yeah. and, and and. It's not something like a disease where you just you have to succumb to the will of nature. It's really more a feeling of, of helpless frustration because you believe this is something that should be prevented. Or you were completely on board with it in the idea or in the sense that, that you, you supported a loved one standing up for your rights and, and fighting for your freedoms and so on and then having to pay the ultimate price. Um, Either way, it hurts either. You know. Either way, it hurts, yeah. you know? And so I think that a song that's affective like this should be played more often. And uh, if you just listen to this song, I don't know how it doesn't move you. Well, it's my choice for number two as well. Um, my love for this song is well-known, well-documented. Uh, we mentioned it on a show recently when it was our lyric of the week. That's not played enough. Uh, 31 times. Only four since 2010. Uh, again, that is damn criminal. Um, that hasn't gotten more love. That main, the main guitar riffs just work so well with Jeff. And, and there are some songs where Jeff's Jeff is closer to Matt within the song structure, and there are songs where he feels closer to the guitars. This feels like the latter for me. Um, I think, especially at the time, Ed getting lyrical help from someone outside of the band was a little like a little kick, a little fresher, a little breath of fresh air. Uh, I think you can hear it in his performance and in most live performances as well. Um, the studio performance, that is. And another song that they could extend musically live, and I'd be happy as a clan. I mean, it's just so powerful and groovy. We need more of this one. Um, and also, it's not like the subject matter isn't relevant. We're Americans. War is always relevant, unfortunately. So, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't understand why it hasn't been played more than, what did I say, 31 times? I mean, come on, man. This is, I'm dying here. Love it. All right, number no, number one. This is it. This is the big one. Yeah, it's comeback for me. Oh, nice. Okay, great. Uh, yeah, I, you know when I first heard Avocado, I think Inside Job and uh, and Comeback were my, were my two favorite tracks on the album. And uh, there was a time where Comeback was the undisputed favorite song for me on this album. Right. I, I've come to really love Severed Hand and. Um, Why am I drawing a marker in the sand? Yeah, marker in the sand. Thank you. And we spoke about that actually mm -hmm. uh, one or two episodes ago. For me, I think a song like "Comeback" it it just has this this wonderful, like you said, you know, like it's it's it reminds me of, of something you'd hear in a Zeppelin show. And uh, I yeah. love the, the the beautiful falsetto at the very end with the guitars. It's just. As a fan of Black, how could I not love this song? So, yeah. you know, it, it's very much a sister track in a lot of ways to Black. And so to not be played often enough 
you know, and 50 times is, is, it's not nothing, you know what I mean? They, they right. do play it, but I, I, I definitely agree with you that I, I wouldn't want to hear it in place of black necessarily, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm partial, but I would say that uh, it definitely deserves a spot in a good handful of shows for, uh, for pretty much every tour. I would definitely say every leg of every tour should be played at least you know five, six, seven times. I, I, I agree. I agree. I'm going to, uh, before I even say what my last choice is, I'm going to tell you it's been played 61 times. Is that too oh, much? Uh, I'll be honest with you. I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was future days for you. Only 16 times, very special place in, in your personal history. I actually thought that was going to be your number one. Uh, it was an honorable mention. Okay. Um, my my choice, and you can tell me if this has been played too much and shouldn't really count, is Inside Job. Oh, interesting. Uh, no, I don't think it's... It's a long song, so I, I don't... You know, 61 is is not... It's marginally more than, than Come Back at 50. Uh, but it's not like it's been played 200, 300 times, you know what I mean? So that, that That's where I'm coming from, is like... Yes, it has... It's, been, it's you know, of my whole list, even the, even the honorable mentions, it's been played the most... Uh, including a couple during this most recent European leg. For me, that doesn't matter because 61 times over 16 years is not enough for this absolute gem. <laughs> you know, we've we've gushed about this one many, many times before, and for good reason. And it, it sounded as great as ever this tour, and I was absolutely tickled that it it opened the show at Frankfurt. I mean, I think it's a fabulous opener. Um, if if one would argue that listen 61 isn't a lot but you know there are others who've been played a lot far less okay my my asterisk villain then would probably be either future days or pendulum okay. because uh 16 and 44 respectively uh times played uh i think you know you, you hit the nail on the head there uh, i guess we're kind of shifting into honorable mentions now um future days is it's got that right amount of schmaltz to it it's pretty it's lovely another nice little love song my first dance song so i have a connection to it pendulum is just so um underrated when it comes to a mood and and talking about a i don't want to say an american value but like it's it's an american what's the word i'm looking for it's just the way that we are okay it's 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 almost like a zeitgeist where it's just like we're constantly on this pendulum and they nailed it in that song and the mood of that song is so good um and it did open up many many shows back on that tour i believe we saw it open up one of the shows in la but bring it back baby bring it back it's, it's so good but what other animal mentions do you have i didn't have too many to be honest with you uh i had future days on here and i had getaway oh nice so okay. th- those were two that really stood out to me i always always loved getaway um, I think it was one of those uh, instances, you know, if you think about Riot Act all the way through Gigaton, uh, I mean, Gonna See My Friend wasn't a song that grabbed me, can't keep yeah. it necessarily, you know, grab me per se. Uh, you know, Life Wasted was good, but it didn't, ju- you know, grab me by the jugular. There was something about Getaway, though, that I it made me feel like Lightning Bolt was going to be a really good album. Um, and so I, I think there's something to be said about a, a Pearl Jam opener that has that effect because I yeah. don't think they always nail the album opener for me. So interesting. That well, yeah, I'm mean, going through their catalog. I mean, there's a period of their their history where the album opener is great. You know, I mean, I, I was spoiled with Last Exit, with Once, with uh, with Go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I enjoyed sometimes, but I've come to appreciate it even more. Uh, but a lot of the openers I just mentioned didn't necessarily make me feel. They were, they, how do I say this? They were less than inspired choices for me as far as uh, ma- making me excited for the rest of the album. Even if I could see within the context of, of, of the narrative of the album why they were appropriate choices or sure. not. You know? I got you. All right. Well, let us know what you guys think. What, what are the songs from Avocado Through Lightning Bolt? It's three albums to choose from that just have not been played. Um, all that much at all, but you really want to hear them. Maybe, maybe you need one of the songs to complete your album in the live setting. Maybe you just really love, uh, you know, Supersonic. I don't know. Whatever it is, let us know. Comments below on Facebook, on Instagram, and can't wait to read them. With that said, though, we have to get to our lyric of the week. 
Lyric of the week this week. Oh, it's a big boy. It's a big one. It's from Vitalogy and it's Immortality. Paul, usually I like to listen to your take so I know how to correct myself after the fact so I sound less stupid. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take a chance and go first, if you don't mind. Go for it. So, this is the chorus, right? And Neil Young once said, it's better to burn out than fade away. He said that, right? Yeah, it's better to burn out than to fade away. That's right. So, that's why I like... Also a great Highlander reference. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Well, that reference is why I love the trapdoor in the sunlight. Like, that's that's the out, right? That's the out. Right. If you're not happy with a situation or your station in life, and you don't know where to go, and you're afraid you'll be a truant in this life Mm -hmm. forever... No direction, no purpose, perhaps leaning on the good you've done in the past and burning out is the best move. I, I just, I love that trapdoor line for that. It's the second line that vexes me a little bit. A wish to hold on. Is the word to implied at the end of that line or, or no? What do you think? Well, a wish to hold it, on. It's either the preposition onto, in which case it's left open ended, a wish mm-hmm. to hold on to. Like, is it, I, I have a wish to hold on to dot, dot, mm-hmm. dot, ellipses. Right, like, right. what, what, what is it, you know, but we never find out. A wish to or hold is on it, to something. I have a wish to hold on to. If the wish is a thing I want to hold on to. Right. Right. Uh, or is it, I have a wish to hold on to T double O. Right. So. Oh that, yeah. That's that, the that adverb, well. Right. Yeah. So I, it's, it's, this line is always fascinating me and, and it does you as well. Only because depending on the, the grammar and the spelling, it it dramatically changes. Oh, the invisible word, or the yeah, or or the it's invisible word. I mean, you, you can literally write this line four or five different ways without really doing much other than a, a minor spelling change at the very end, or yeah. adding a comma here and there, or an ellipsis. And it <laughs> there's not a lot of lines in the Pearl Gem catalog that actually you can do that with. As a matter of fact, that'd be a great segment one of these days, just to take <laughs> this one line and go down that rabbit hole. But oh, let's man. not do it now because I think okay. <laughs> well, let's get back on track here. I mean, okay. So let's, you know, let's hit the elephant in the room. Of course, everybody and their mother thinks the song is about Kurt Cobain's death. Right. And it's easy to think that, especially considering the lyrical change that happened after his death, specifically that cigar box in the floor line. Right. But I want to come back to that trapdoor line one more time, real quick. Um, why use the word trapdoor versus just like door or something else? Trapdoor implies like sneaking through said door. Like, I don't want anyone to know I'm doing this door. That's, that's, the, that's always the context of a trap door, right? So by using this word, does the subject know in their heart of hearts that what they're about to do burn out instead of fade away, as is their fear, that ending their own life is a mistake, that it's not really the right answer? I just, I find that one word fascinating, that, that word choice. And then, of course... The very last line of the, of the chorus, immortality, the button on the chorus. It's weird that someone who doesn't value themselves so much is so scared of not being relevant, even within their own life, if that makes sense, is also concerned about how they're remembered. My brain hurts trying to understand the logic there. Talk to me about that concept, Paul. Does that hold any water to you? It does, but I want to focus on trapdoor for a minute. Please. Because if you think about a trapdoor, it was initially invented. The concept of a trapdoor was invented to facilitate the lifting of grain up through mills. Was it really? Yeah, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Now, obviously, uh, it has changed significantly. Sure. You know, um, but if you you think about, like, you could have a trapdoor to a bomb shelter. So, I'm in that respect, it represents safety and escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in most other instances, it's very, very different. Like a gallows, for example. When that trap door, when that hinge is 
<laughs> swinging. Yeah. You're swinging with it at that That's point. That's true. That's true. So, I mean, it, it's more of an ominous sign. Um, so I, I'm reluctant to, to commit necessarily to uh, you know, take a, a, a trap door in, in a theater, right? Mm-hmm. Allows you to uh, produce a special effect like mist or, or you, you have a, a cast member disappear very quickly from the stage. So this idea of a hidden door, I, I think that it's left ambiguous, whether Eddie intended it to or not. What I like about it is that if you want to interpret this idea of choosing to end life as a trap door, as like a, a gallows trap door, mm-hmm. where it's actually, you're not producing the effect that you want. It's not the escape that you think it is. I could hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the flip side, it could be for somebody who was burning up, this was the only way out. You know what I mean? Um, I don't, um, it's so interesting because there's a level of frustration. I I think Eddie has a, he has, he values life in a way now that I think is different than it was in the mid nineties. Yeah. I just think that he was, he was so consumed with what was going on in his own world and sharing a lot of the same frustrations and the same struggles and trials and tribulations that Kurt Cobain did as it relates to fame and privacy and so on, that I think there, there was a, a part of him that almost wished he could do the same thing, but knew that he shouldn't or couldn't or wouldn't. Um, whereas now, when things like this happen, like with, with Chris Cornell and so on, it's, it's, it's so hurtful to him. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, it's just like, why, why would you throw away such a precious gift? Um, so, but it, it, it's easier to feel that way now. You know what I mean? So I, I mm-hmm. think that this is a song. I mean, immort- imagine hearing Immortality followed up by Comes Then Goes One Day. What a great pairing Oof, two man. tracks would be. Um, and, and I think in a lot of ways, it would represent a very, very broad stroke in terms of Eddie's, uh, the, the, the development and the, uh, es- I don't want to call it escalation, that's the wrong word, but the development of his, his perception on this matter. So... Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Um, there's just I've always been very intrigued by this song lyrically because for a long time I I even though I knew the the broad strokes I didn't it was hard for me to understand each line like the the micro part of it and that's that's usually true in in the Jeff songs as I've talked about before his his code is hard to decode sometimes yeah even if I understand kind of like the general premise of it this one was the same way for a long time but when you over the years, as I got smarter and wiser, I started figuring out what some, what some of these phrases meant. And I'm like, God damn it. Like just when he was talking he about, he won't say it's about Kurt, by the no, way. he won't, I, it, he won't. It, it, which I mean, he hasn't. I, and and I, if it is, it's like, why not? You know what I mean? I, I'm curious what, well, why he, change the lyrics? Well, not only that, but I mean, it's it, like, maybe he wrote the song. I mean, everybody knows the, the Orpheum song, right? Uh, the, yep. the, the, totally different lyrics but i mean i'm just interested to find out if it is about kurt, uh, kurt why not just acknowledge that it is like what, what what is the what's the danger in that maybe he doesn't want it to be defined by that maybe that's what it is i think that's what it is yeah i think that's exactly what it is but listen it's um the the less that you specifically attribute it to some person the easier it is for people to apply it to their own to, lives, to their own lives, or to, yeah. to their friends, or their family, or whoever's going through this kind of thing. That's true. So the the song becomes more powerful in that in that sense. But at any rate, uh, you know, it'll be fun to go to go back around again and come to another part of this song at some point because there's just so much going on. And uh, suicide is the is the general theme here. But like, just we talk about trapdoor for ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, curious to hear <laughs> what you guys think about these lyrics um, specifically. Uh, let us know, and we will discuss online. But for now, we have to get to our lyric. No, for now, we have to get to our live cut of the week. Ready to stand up. All right, Paul. So, live cut of immortality. Oh, baby, was this tricky. Please tell the listeners why this was so hard to choose. Well, I think the, the biggest challenge was that 
we didn't have what I would call a proper Vitology tour. You know what I mean? Like this, this thing was recorded on the road, more or less, while they were on a versus tour. Um, there was a lot of turmoil over the recording process itself. You had uh, you had Jack Irons coming in. Um, I think part of the issue too was we had that Orpheum cut in '94, but there's really nothing else in '94 proper that, uh, of the soundboard quality of that soundboard is. quality anyway. Yeah. That that that's really good. We, we get a lot more appearances in '95, uh, but a lot of '95 shows are hit or miss. Tons of uh, um, audience recordings from back then, but not all of them are very good. I, I would probably say, I mean, well, then you get into 96 with Melbourne and some other ones, you get some amazing versions of that, but you know, it, it's hard to talk a Vitalogy song with a no code tour. So even, even though we didn't have a proper Vitalogy tour, technically I could go that route. The Berlin one is great. I I'm going to have to say, let's stick in 95 here. And, uh, although I'm generally not a fan of audience recordings, I, I, typically almost always lean uh, soundboard, which is why I would say November 1st Salt Lake City is the one that I'm inclined to say takes the cake. Fantastic. It's really hard to ignore the performance at Red Rocks. And there's something about Red Rocks that just brings the best out of every band that plays there. Uh, I mean, you know, even a band like Dave Matthews released that as a, as a live album itself. You know, it's a great yeah. 95 album, by the way. That was, that was a year for just great performances. Um I think it was 95 that they Well, and we we knew so. what what the sound quality really sounds like because the fan club single that has um uh was it falling down falling down yeah and no Jeremy from that from that particular show and you you know what it really sounded like and so to you know there there's probably like what three or four um shows from 95 and I don't know what they called that tour I mean that's it's essentially the Vitalogy tour but it was so it was weird because they're playing in fucking cornfields yeah. and all the non-ticketmaster venues and all that shit so it was a strange tour um but yeah Morrison just had a vibe to it and you could tell um well anyways let's just listen to it and then we'll gush yeah all right so this is June 20th 1995, Morrison, Colorado, Red Rocks.
So I think for me, the reason why I like this choice, at least as of today, and of course it'll probably change tomorrow, is the performance, as you mentioned. It's I think about um, some of the things they were doing with the song at the time, and I, I usually I just kind of say, "What's your choice?" and and you were like, "Well." Oh, this time I'm a little unsure. Give, give me, give me your take. And so I listened to like seven different versions from the era that were listenable. And they did this thing where Mike had a very interesting little, um, I guess you could call it a solo, like a little bridge mm-hmm. lead line. And what he was doing is he's doing a lot of these harmonics. Um, he wasn't doing a traditional kind of solo. He was doing these harmonic things. And the best version that I heard of was from this, was from yeah. this show. Um, there's a, um, YouTube has the rem- there's a remastered full concert on there. Uh, oh, the, beautiful. the user who posted it. Let me find the name of the uh, user here. I wonder how much better it, uh, it's, it is since uh, <laughs> Satan's whatever audience 2.1, 8,000 subscribers. I believe that's the, the user who posted it. But uh, it, it's remastered audio 5.1 surround. And uh, it's a restored video as well. So it's, if, if you want to feel like you... Or seeing, I will be you know. watching later tonight. Yeah, it's uh, it's really good actually. There's um, I think there is a really and it's to, to your point about Red Rocks. There's almost like a bridge school vibe to this show. I know it's the the, the set design kind of has that feel to it too. Yeah, it's got this kind of just small intimate gathering kind of feel, um, and it's a fairly big um amphitheater. Mm-hmm. Um, I think again though. When it comes to the performance, I always come back to Mike as well because Mike's second solo, he starts it by just holding that note. He, I don't, it must be like eight bars. I don't know what it is. He lets it, the whole thing feed back and then he releases and continues on. It's just super powerful. It, it's such a slow build that fits perfectly with how the band is kind of building behind him. And this section is always my favorite in the song. This is my favorite version of this, um, at least from this tour. Um, so that that really heavily impressed upon me here. Um, and on the Vitalogy tour, or whatever you want to call that tour, they did this almost false ending that turns into a rousing jammy outro thing, similar to the record, but way more intense. And again, this might be the, my favorite version of that from the tour. Um, having mentioned Ed's vocals, but you know, he's sublime most of this tour. So combine all of that and you've got an excellent rendition, one befitting of live cut of the week, I think. But again, man, I mean, um, so yeah, there you go. Going Red Rocks this time, but Hey, one B one C one D one E are Salt Lake city. Yeah. I think Milwaukee was delightful. Yeah. Chicago, Soldier Chicago. Field. And that was that soundboard. Too. That was a vault release. Yeah. Yeah. Berlin 96, Melbourne 96. I mean, there's so many good ones yeah. from that era. Um, that's the show, you guys. Uh, a fun one. We kind of dipped all around uh, for this one. Please, again, if you are interested in um, Patreon, you can check the link in our bio and sign up. We would love to have you. And again, there are two giveaways coming. Live Gigaton CD and the off-ramp uh, 1990 30th anniversary retroactive poster giveaway. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Still have shirts for sale if you'd like one of those. And feed the algorithm the old-fashioned way if you'd like to do that. <laughs> you know. Rate, review, subscribe. Those are all the cool things you could be doing. And uh, otherwise, we just really appreciate you guys being here, listening, and uh, yeah. continuing the conversation online. So, any closing thoughts, Mr. Gilliari? No closing thoughts. Other than can't wait to see you all again next week. Well, until we do, you've been listening to The State of Love and Trust. Trust.